And, uh, and that's it. That's it. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the word. Are you ready for the word? I just want to prepare our hearts for the word. I just, I just love this um, chorus, and I'm going to just get you to sing it with me. And um, Russell needs to turn me back on. There it is. Good on you, Russell. <laughs> they love sound people that mute everything, so nothing blows up while I'm talking. Good on you, Russell. Keep Russell. Go to the chorus. Lord, I give you my heart. Sing it out. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Every moment I wait. meeting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. 
When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by the well. What's going on here? Well, in life, and this is a word for you guys, but this could apply to anyone, really. We have Midian seasons. Seasons where perhaps we run away because of something that's happened or something that we've done. And I'm not suggesting you've done anything or run away. I don't know, I just felt this was to speak over you today. That perhaps you're in a Midian season for whatever reason. I don't know. But sometimes we run away and we hide or we go to a place that we call safety. Midian. It's a place called safety. And, and we feel safe in that place. But if we camp in that place, we can potentially miss what God wants to do. If we stay in that place, we think we're safe, but we run the risk of missing a moment with God that God has perhaps planned since the beginning. We all know what happened with Moses. He encountered God in the burning bush. Imagine if Moses decided, no, Midian's my safe place, and I'm just going to stay there because I know Pharaoh won't find me there. It's all good. I won't get killed. Can't stay in that safe medium place. That's the word of the Lord today. But to step out again, trust God again. It's a new season, and He wants to do something powerful in and through you guys. You're not on the shelf. You know, I know we say as we get older in ministry that you know we're retired now. But I mean, I prefer to use the word refire. Uh, yeah. You're, you're getting fired up again for whatever the next season is going to open up for you. But the word of the Lord is: don't stay in the safe place of comfort of our. I'm safe here, but step out and find your burning bush moment. Maybe it's today, I don't know. But uh, I'll just leave that word with you. Lord, I pray for your word, and I just pray that you seal it in the hearts of who it's for, whether it's uh, relevant to Paul and Val, I hope it is. Whoever is in the room, whoever's online, we thank you for your word today. Take us out of the safe place. We don't want to play it safe, God. We want to take risks. We want to encounter you in a burning bush moment. And so, Lord, I just pray for every single person under the sound of my voice that we would find you in, in that new place when we step out of our Midian season and into what you have prepared for us. In Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. Don't lose heart because God is not finished with you yet. Um, that's recorded as well and will be online if you want to listen to it again later. I always test words of knowledge. I want to finish with this before I move on to what I'm really going to do today. Uh, but test words of knowledge. We're seeing a move of God in this church, and people are being brave. And it takes bravery to speak out a word from the Lord that you feel is from the Lord. But if someone speaks to you, because it's happening in the, it's not just happening here. I just gave a word, but it's happening in the foyer. It's happening in our small groups. It's happening everywhere. Test words of knowledge. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Firstly, is it edifying and encouraging? <coughs> New Testament prophecy is edifying and encouraging. It's not to bring you down. It's not to shame you. Because why would God want to do that to you when he's broken every chain and he's borne every shame through the cross and Jesus? So is it edifying? Is it encouraging? Does it line up with the word of God? So it's not just on a whim, oh, I feel this, but, but is there a word in the scripture that lines up with the word that's come from the mouth? That's important. And do you have a peace when you receive it? Now, some words uh, do rattle us a little bit. So I'm not saying peace is in our everything's all good. Sometimes words stretch and challenge us as well. But if you don't have a peace, 
Just put it on the shelf and wait till you do. And if you never do, then just leave it on the shelf. Like water off a duck's back. Does that help you today? That's important that you, that you understand that. Now that I've said all that, Caroline has a word. So no pressure. Uh, there has to be edifying, encouraging. It has to line up with the word of God. And every single person in this room needs to have a piece. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me get this. Let me get this. She's like packing it now. First time I've actually done this up the front, so this is a real step of faith for me as well. Um, so I, I was sitting on it all week, and the Lord was saying to me, "You need to text Jeremy and let him know." And I and I kept sitting on it, sitting on it, sitting on it. And he goes, "Why are you procrastinating? You need to do it." Okay, like, yeah, so I've done it. So um, I'm expecting this year to be an interesting year for 2024. Um, I've had a, a couple of words. Cut these last two weeks regarding the body of Christ in general and also I have received a word regarding Vineyard Church so I'm really excited to share that with you as well at as well so I'll be over the next few weeks. Um, I have actually got a very encouraging word for everyone this morning so I'm just going to read it. Um, just people just if you want to know how I do it I sit in, in the presence of the Lord and I just say Lord is there something that you want to share with your people and normally what he'll do is he'll just speak to me and I usually just write it out and Put it into what he's saying. So I'm going to say what the Lord has spoken to me to you. Okay, I received this word on the 20th of 12-23. My children, get ready for what is coming in 2024. This will be the year of more. This will be be bringing more, oh sorry, this will be the year of more. We'll be bringing more into your lives. More blessing, more healings, more provisions, more homecomings, but not as a trickle, but a flood. This will be the year that my children will hear their prayers answered. Their loved ones will hear my cry. To their hearts once again, they will come home to arms open wide. The prodigals are returning with hearts ablaze. They're offering in the final harvest. They will no longer be wooed by the desires and distractions of the world, but will return to me. Keep on knocking, keep on praying, and keep on believing. Stand on my word and declare over your families and circumstances. This year will be an open heaven to those who love and obey my word. On those who love and serve others and live a holy life not com- compromised by the world. Yeah. The prayers from saints past will now come to pass, for I am the God who answers prayer. More oil of the Holy Spirit will be poured out, more of my goodness, more of my mercy. My children, this year will be a hard year for those who live a life of pleasure and don't follow me. But those who seek me will find me and see my provision. Do not be discouraged by what is happening in the world. Do not let the enemy deceive you, because nothing can separate you from the love of God. Rejoice, my children, rejoice, for I am the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And now is the time to rejoice. And I do have two verses I want to read with this that I declare over my children every day. 
Isaiah 43, 5 and 7. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. And the other one I have is Isaiah 44, 3 and 5. For I will pour out on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground, and I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. And they will spring up like grass in the meadow, like popular trees by flowing streams. For some say, I will belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. I just declare that over everyone today. And I just would like to pray before I close. Lord, I just believe, Lord, right now that this word is for everyone in this church, Lord. Lord, I believe and I declare, Lord, that the mountains in their life are being removed right now in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us hope, Lord. And Lord, I know in my heart that this is the year my children are coming home. Yes. For those you back in the courts, my God, Lord, that 2024 will be a year that our children will see, see you once again, Lord, and, and our loved ones, Father. And I just pray, Lord, for divine protection over their life. And I pray, Lord, that they will no longer desire the, war, the, the world, Lord, but they will desire you. Father, I declare that they will have hearts of flesh and not of stone. And Father, I just thank you for your word and thank you for your promises. And Father, I just pray for your people this week as we go out, Lord, that you will bless each and every one of us this week as we go out into the world, that you will guide us and keep us. Father, I just thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So good. So that word wasn't sent to me before or anything, because you're about to be amazed. Uh, but we'll just keep going. Um, welcome to 2024. It's the first Sunday in 2024. And what a great time to declare and prophesy and just believe for an incredible year. So thank you for the word, um, Caroline. We just pray God continues to increase. One of the first words he said was more. We declare more prophetic gift that God would release that continue to release that inner prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can we thank Caroline for being brave and stepping out? Right, prepare to be amazed. John 12, um, 14, from the Amplified version, because I like extra words. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me, this is Jesus speaking, believes in me, that's why me is capital M, as saviour, will also do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these in extent and outreach, because I'm going to the Father, leaving, and, and, and I just think what I want to share with you today is quite interesting, given the word that was just spoken, um, maybe this needs to be charged, oh, there's more, even more and greater in 2024. I had no idea that that was coming. But this is the word that God's put on, on my heart. I know I need us believing for this too. That there would be, like we love 2023, towards you know the end and halfway through, whenever it started, we can't even pinpoint a date where God started just doing some really amazing stuff in our church. Uh, people getting healed. And I mean, I was going to get Deb up now, but Anita beat me to it. 
you know, things like that. Things like um, Jody's, Jody's not here today, I don't think. Um, but Jody, who had a, a baby die in her womb and, and literally come back to life, and it's now born, Eliana's four weeks old. Uh, that's a miracle. That, that's from death to life. That's an outstanding miracle of God. And, and I love all those things. I love God moving in power like that because it's so not us. Like, I can't make a baby come back to life in a womb. So there's undoubtedly a God in heaven that loves us so much that he wants to do these kinds of things. But I don't want to sit and camp at 2023 and make that my midian, my safe place, and just keep seeing those things happen. I want, I want even more and greater. Yes. Even more and greater. Jesus says uh, that we'll do even greater things, and then in the Amplified it says, in extent and outreach. I'll tell you why it's going to be even more and greater than even what Jesus did on the planet when he was here. Because Jesus was God, yes, but he was also fully man. So Jesus himself could not be at that time when he was walking the planet in more places than one at once. He could only be in the one place. And he did outstanding miracles, but what he's saying is, is that if we have him in our heart, we can do these things and even greater, meaning that not, not we'll be better than Jesus, but we'll do even more because there is more of us. And so if we're out there and having the audacity and the faith to believe that God can heal people, then you're going to see even more miracles this year because I believe God's going to flip the switch in many of us and, and we're going to be like, well, if that person can do it, well, I can do it. I believe in God and so in the name of Jesus and you're going to pray for people and the sick will be healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. So it's going to happen. So get ready for even more and greater in 2024. I might not even need to preach now because you've just done it. So we can go home. No, that's not going Who said Steve. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to these scriptures. I think you just realised how that came across. Anyway, it's all good. <laughs> Mark 10. I'm reading from the New King James uh, Version. So Mark chapter 10, uh, verses 46 to 52. I've got a few things I want to say before I preach. Is that alright? So hopefully we'll um, see how long we take. Mark chapter 10. If you've got it, say God. It's so good to bring your Bibles or bring your digital with you if that's what you do. Flip the pages or press the buttons. Starting in verse 46. Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And then he heard Jerita talking. And then he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth and he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then many warned him to be quiet. He cried out all the more because he just wanted a miracle. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. And so Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Such an interesting part of the Bible, isn't it? Blind Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, goes to Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus says, well, what do you want? <coughs> well, I can't see. But he wanted to hear his faith. 
He wanted to he wanted to hear him declare and believe in his presence what he was looking for. Rabbi, that my I may receive my sight. And then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Um, it's a declaration of being blind no more. I went too far because I'm impatient with my crypto. Blind no more. Blind no more. Still there. This is the shout that stopped God. Jesus is God. And he's walking. And this man just knew that if he could just get with Jesus, and if he could just declare, I want to see, he knew Jesus could do it. The shout that stopped God. It's a shout of faith. God's calling us to be audacious enough, to be full of faith enough, to declare what we're believing for. And he's going to come in power. <laughs> See, blind Bart, I'm going to call him Bart because we're Aussies, right? Bart, mate. Blind Bart shouted so loud, Son of David, have mercy on me. He was desperate for a miracle. How desperate are we? I know in our Western world, it's a little more difficult to get desperate because we're pretty comfortable. I spent a couple of weeks before Christmas in the Solomons. It's very different over there. Very different world. They still have rich people as well, but there's many poor. Many poor. Many people that don't have the basic. And you wouldn't believe how expensive it is over there. I've been to the Philippines. I've been to Thailand. Hang on, I've been to Thailand. So cheap there. Like, you can live like a king, you really can. But in the Solomons, man, it was expensive. I don't know how the people in that, I don't know if it's the same in Vanuatu or not, I haven't been. I will come to Vanuatu as well, they all just smile at me. I'll come there too. I just, I feel like God's given us every island that comes here, influence there. I haven't even got to get in Vanuatu or anything, but we can go there and we can see people impacted by the power of Jesus. Uh, saw many things, and there'll be a right time, it's not today, for me to share some stuff that happened in the Solomons. Um, but I, I shared a word similar to this in the Solomons, and what I can tell you, even more and greater, is that's a word that's going to get spoken over every AOG church in the Solomons this year, because the leader of the AOG there was one of the pastors that I got to visit, and I spoke a similar word in his church, and he was just impacted in an amazing way. And he's like, Pastor, that is a word from the Lord. And I feel it stirring in my spirit that it's going to be a word that will be preached across 2024 in all our churches. So that's really cool. God's good. Amen? So my question to you is, is do you want to be made well? You may not be in the room sick today, but you might be broken or hurt or, and we've prayed into a lot of these things already, that worry and anxiety would go, all these things. But if you want to be made well, and if you want to see God move in power in your situation and bring change, you're in the right place to hear the right word today, because what I want to share is, is going to help you increase the measure of faith that you carry as a believer. We can learn many things as well from the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. That's John chapter 5. Uh, verses 1 to 9, if you want to turn there, you can. John chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. And it says uh, this. I'm not preaching yet, by the way. This is just the introduction. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. 
Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. That's a long time, isn't it? I turned 48 this year. I know I don't look like it. 48 is what I turned this year. Got a baby face. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, take 10 years off my life, and that's how long this guy sat there. 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? Notice again, duh. He's been sitting there 38 years, but Jesus wanted to hear his response in faith. And the sick man answered this way. He said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise up, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. So we see two different responses. Because blind Bart was like, I want to see. Straight away he went there and he knew that God could do it. This guy responds differently with a bunch of excuses, doesn't he? We're going to go through them in just a moment because I reckon we can relate to some of these excuses because maybe we use these excuses. But what's cool is even though he used excuses, Jesus healed him. You know what that tells me? Jesus is all-powerful. He can bring healing. I can't click very well. Who can click well? Yeah, thanks. Like that. (laughs) So what were the excuses? This is, this, is, this is key, I think, because it's going to help some of us today be free from our excuses. So this man by the pool, he had a people excuse. I have no man. There's no one that wants to lift me from this point to the point where the healing can happen. So there's no man. I've got no people. So it's a people excuse. Nobody will help me. Sometimes we use that excuse. So no one's following me up, or no one's ringing me, or no one's... My first question to someone like that is, well, who have you reached out to? Who have you let know that you have a problem? Because I guarantee you, if you call Anita or I and say, we have X problem, whatever it is, we'll do anything, either ourselves or get people in our church to help to fix whatever it is you're facing. But what some people do is maybe they presume we know. But we don't always know. In fact, do you know that pastors are often the last people to find out what is going on in your world? You're sitting at home going, and the pastor's not even doing anything. I sounded like you then, Trish, sorry. Trish doesn't say that. Trish doesn't say that. I just watched my Trish voice came on. Not doing anything. Sorry. Anyway, and, and we don't even know. But if I guarantee you, if we find out, preferably from you, but if, if you get someone to ring us because maybe you're embarrassed, that's fine too. But Make sure we find out something will get done. That's my promise to you. So that's the people excuse. Then there's a place excuse. I've got no one to put me in the pool. So I'm here in this place, but I can't get to that place. And he blames his location for the inability to get into the healing pool. Sometimes we do that. I'm stuck in this. I mean, Stanford's not a dead big town, but maybe sometimes you've said it when you're in here. I'm stuck in this little town. There's nothing I can do about it. 
Don't have this here, don't have that here, and oh, woe is me, I'm in the wrong place. I'm going to try not to use the Trish voice. But that's the place excuse. People excuse, place excuse. What about conditions excuse? When the water is stirred up, so there were conditions to the healing. So it could only happen when the water's stirred up. So there were conditions to this healing which felt like he could not meet. Sometimes you feel like that. Um, maybe you've got a history in church where you felt excluded from church because you didn't dress the right way, act the right way, talk the right way. Maybe you've got tattoos all over your body, maybe whatever. I hope in this church that everyone feels welcome. We're big on the welcome home thing and it's not just a slogan, it's actually our culture. That it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter the history that you have, the burdens that you carry, the stuff you've been involved in, you're welcome in this place. And if anyone says you're not welcome, I'll deal with them. You tell me. And, uh, and they'll very quickly not be welcome anymore. Um, <laughs> not true. But you get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. We protect our welcome home culture. We really do because we value it. Because Jesus embraced everyone. Yes. Whether they were perfect or sinners or whatever. No one's perfect. You know, tried to live a perfect life or whether they're a sinner, Jesus didn't send anyone away. He embraced everybody, and that's what this church will always do. So there's that conditions excuse. Oh, I just can't quite, maybe I don't dress the right way, or maybe I'm not accepted because look at me, I look like a bogan. Whatever it is, I don't know. But you are welcome here. Don't let conditions stop you. There's a time excuse. While I'm coming, since others beat him into the pool, he simply gives up. So there's a time excuse. I, I don't have the time to get from here to there because the others are quicker. So don't use a time excuse. Uh, don't, don't, don't say, oh, I haven't got the ability to get. That, that's an excuse. There's a blame others excuse. Uh, another steps down before me. So he's blaming others. All the other people, they push and rush and get to the front. You know, a vineyard on that Sunday when they were full. Everyone got here early and filled the seats and I had to sit out in the, in the furnace. Sorry, it's hot out there. It gives you memories of home, right? It's Vanuatu, the climate. But it's a blame others excuse. Now this man gave Jesus every excuse he could to explain the situation. And then Jesus said, get up, take your mat, and walk. Jesus overcame every excuse. I don't know what excuses you've been using in the past, maybe even now. I want to encourage you, Jesus can still move in power in your life. And he wants to. Take that step of faith and trust him and he will do amazing things. You know, with our excuses, we often put a limiter on God. Who, who likes cars? Who specifically likes fast cars? Yeah. Yeah, more hands now. <laughs> you just go, you know, Zeke, you like cars. You haven't seen your hand moving. You're being shy about that. Uh, so you like cars. You know the fast cars, and they've got like, I don't know, 300 mile an hour or whatever it is on the dial, but you can't actually go that fast in them. Did you know that? Uh, specifically if they're sold to be working on the road. I mean, all our cars that we drive probably have at least a maybe 200 or 180 or thereabouts. We can't do that. We're not supposed to. Uh, anyone want to repent now? But it's a there's a limiter on the car that limits the speed that it can go. And, and often we do that with God. You know, we know the engine capacity of the car and can do it, but it just can't when there's a limiter. Well, we can relate that to God. We know that God has limitless power. He has limitless capability. God 
can do anything. Yet we have this internal limiter that limits God in what he can and cannot do, and it's called doubt and unbelief. That's the limiter within us, doubt and unbelief. And I believe that God has more miracles stored up for the people of Christ, the church, uh, our community, if only we would take the limits off and deal with doubt and unbelief once and for all. The limiter is doubt and unbelief. And Jesus was even stopped from doing things in his own hometown. We read that in the Word as well. Because of unbelief. People would look at him and go, oh, that's just old mate's son, Joseph, and he's just a carpenter. And, you know, what's he going to do? He doesn't have any power. He's just, he was just a kid running around not long ago. And look at him. But when Jesus went elsewhere, he could flow much greater in the gifts that God put on his life. Don't uh, discount the influence of doubt and unbelief. And another one I could probably add in there is familiarity. Anita and I have been here 11 years now, and it's very easy to be just familiar. Oh, it's Jeremy and Anita. We've known them for whatever. And we get that spirit of familiarity, and we stop believing that God can do even more and greater in our midst. So let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about faith. Let's talk about faith as I bring all this together. There's different kinds of faith. Firstly, there's natural faith. So right now, you all have faith in the chair you're sitting in, that it's not going to break in Jesus' name, and you'll end up on the floor. Uh, again, I've been to the Philippines, and you have to double chair there. So I think some of you out there, you're sitting on like those plastic chairs. When the Philippines, they're very brittle. So if a man my size, I'm not saying I'm fat, but I'm bigger, okay, I have to lose some Christmas kilos, that's all right. But I sat, I think it's the same in Thailand too, they have those brittle plastic chairs. And if you sit in one and you're my weight, <laughs> you need to double chair, okay, double chair. Just remember that, as a little tip, if you ever go visit Javita in the Philippines, I'll go with her on a trip, double chair. Uh, so that's natural faith, faith in things or objects, also faith in people. That's natural faith as well. Faith in your spouse, your kids, your teachers who teach you, your employers who employ you, that sort of thing. But the other kind of faith is what I want to talk about is supernatural faith. This is belief and trust in God and all the workings of God and, and, and a trust in and a, a reliance upon a source other than that which is found in the natural realm. So it's, in other words, it's believing in that which you cannot see. So we can't see God. Yes, God can reveal himself to us in images and visions and he can speak to us audibly if he chooses to. I'm not saying he can't do any of that. But, but generally, God is like the wind. You know it's there. You know it's operating. You can feel it. Uh, some days it's stronger than others. I live at the summit now. It's windy all the time. It's blown away. So you know it's there. You don't necessarily see it. So... Learning to tap into supernatural faith, I believe, uh, will help us operate in what I want to call the fourth dimension. It's the faith dimension. Believing in that which you cannot see. I've got a bunch of scriptures. I haven't got them all on the screen, but I've got the references there. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. faith. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we're hearing the word today. I want it to stir 
your faith. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So not that not even what we can see, but what we can't see. Hebrews 11, 1 verse uh, 1 to 3 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by the elders, elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen, everything we see outside and created, things that we are seen, were not made of things which are visible. The supernatural faith realm breathed life into the natural faith realm, and God said, let there be light, and there was. And then Hebrews 11 verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So let's quickly talk about um, faith. The first thing is this, faith is the foundation for our life. The foundation is like the, the bottom part. You, know, you build your house and it has a concrete foundation. If, if we don't get this part right, the rest of our faith journey and our Christian walk will be shaken because we don't have a solid foundation. Our foundation must always be, and our cornerstone, his name is Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know if everyone here is from the ACC denomination, but there are many denominations. There's your Anglicans, United, Baptists, Catholics, uh, Presbyterians. I've probably missed about 100. But I'm not worried about all that. What I'm worried about is what's your cornerstone? If your cornerstone is Jesus, how you function from there may be a little different. You know, there are other churches that are perhaps a little more traditional, or a little more contemporary, or you try to be. I don't want to get too old. As you get older, apparently, you're not cool anymore. That's what my 14 year old daughter keeps reminding me of. But I try to be cool, but anyway, it's all good. God made me how I am. And apparently, I'm cool. Thanks, Steve. Yes. You just redeemed yourself from earlier. You're back in the friend zone. <laughs> anyway, I'm not worried about all that stuff. All I'm worried about is what's your cornerstone? Because faith is the foundation for our life. And if your foundation is Jesus, and if you happen to maybe express your faith a little differently to me, I'm not going to get mucked up in that. All I want to know is, is your eyes, are your eyes firmly fixed on me? In which case we can be friends. Because Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance. You feel it. Substance. It stands for that foundation. It stands for substructure. Something that exists. Something that you build your life upon. And the writer is letting us know that faith is where everything starts. So we've got to get this right. It's so important. Faith is like the title deed. You buy a property, you get a bit of paper, and it says your name on it because you are the owner. Well, faith is the title deed assuring us of what we have trusted God for. If you have faith, that is your promise that God is for you and not against you. That is your promise that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God knew you before you were in the womb. That God made you and created you before you were even thought of. That's what faith is. It's the title deed, the assurance, it's the substance. Faith is also the evidence. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. You know, who likes to watch, uh, I don't know, criminal crime shows, detective shows? Back in my day when I was a kid, Murder, She Wrote, with, uh, what's her name, Lansbury? <coughs> yeah, you got it, Angela. See, the people my age are like, yeah! 
That's a good show. Uh, in those shows, they rely on evidence. The evidence points to whatever the truth is. Well, faith is evidence. So if you have faith, everything could be going chaotic in your world. But if you have faith, we're going to know that you're different. Because it's the evidence that God is active in your life. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're going to fear no evil because goodness and mercy are following you all the days of your life. So it's a substance, it's an evidence, and faith is also the foundation. It's the substructure that we build our life on. My life today has been built by faith. And faith is the commerce of God's economy. And faith is the foundation which I build everything else in my life. So every decision that I make, every direction that I head, I am declaring faith that God is with me and he follows me into every season. Faith is building your life on the rock. And the rock is not Dwayne Johnson. But the rock... (laughs) The rock is Christ Jesus. Some of you got it. Uh, So when the storms do hit, you're going to stand because you have a strong foundation. Faith is a substance, it's the evidence, and it's the foundation. And here's the second thing. Faith allows us to flow into another realm. We talked about it before, the fourth dimension, or maybe you want to call it the faith dimension. 11 verse 3 of Hebrews. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You know, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by God. That takes faith in a world that believes in a big bang and a big pop, and all of a sudden here we were. I I often scratch my head at unbelievers, you know, atheists who believe in this big bang thing. I just think, trying to remove my Christian bias. I'm obviously a pastor, I've been a Christian a long time, since the age of 17, and I'm 48, so that's 30, and that's 31 years. Even without that bias, if I had a choice between believing that I'm a speck of dust created by a big bang, I have no purpose, I'm just here because it's a fluke that the bang went a certain way and my little speck of dust turned into something else, turned into something else, and then here I am. Uh, Versus following a God that says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, I've got purpose in my life, he knew me before I was born, all of those things. And... If I had a choice in this life, what I wanted to believe, and, and, and believing this one means that I've got eternal, you know, in, in hell, because there's no eternal life, because I don't believe in God. But over here, believing in the purpose of God and my life, and, and, and in the next life, uh, being in heaven, even if I'm wrong, wouldn't you want to not hedge your bets and be over here? Wouldn't you want to be over here and believe in creation? You know, that's a whole other debate. And, um, and God bless you as you fight that debate. But to me, it just like to man, purposelessness or purpose? Anyway, by faith we understand God formed everything. God is the designer. He designed things with a purpose and a plan. We don't come from chaos and confusion, but there is purpose. The things which are seen were not made from the visible. So God from the supernatural realm spoke, let there be light. Physically light appeared. All that we see was made by that which we don't see. And there's another realm that dictates and brings things into existence into the physical realm, it's the spiritual realm. There's a God in the spiritual realm that brings things about in this realm. 
So faith is the foundation of our life. Faith allows us to flow in that realm, that faith dimension. The third thing is this. Faith allows us to fuse our lives with God and please God. We read the scripture, Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith you can't please God. That's why it's the foundation. It's the first thing we've got to get right. Get our faith right and man, God's happy. Then he can come down and get to work because we trust him. God, I've got faith. Even though things don't look good right now, you're going to come and you're going to turn it around because all things work together for good for those who love Christ Jesus. It's easy to say when things are good, a little harder to say when things are bad, but that's what faith is. It doesn't look good right now, God, but man, I'm trusting you, and you're going to turn it around. And, and he turns it around in amazing ways. The only way we please God is by living a life and walking a life of faith. Having faith in God and what he said. And we've got to believe that he is, and he is a rewarder. When we follow him, when we put our trust in him, and we come to God and fuse our lives. You know what fuse means, don't you? Like you come together as one. There's a reward that comes into our lives. And God is a rewarder to those that come to him in faith, take his word by faith, and live this life by faith. But the cool part is, it's the faith that we have that brings about this. We don't chase after rewards. Because it's not about the rewards. They come because God's good. But if we live a life all of a sudden that's, oh, well, I'm being good because I want the reward, well, that's the wrong motive. That, that, and then you get in all sorts of trouble going down that garden path. We need to live life because we have faith in God and in Christ and his finished work. That's it. When we come to God, we fuse our lives with him, it all just flows like it's meant to. But that's why there's such discord in the world now because the world's broken. Many people have turned away from God. We've taken God out of our schools, um, have taken God out of our parliaments and governments, and, and, and it's becoming a mess. And now is the time for us to rise up and pray like never before. We can begin today and believe by faith that God is going to move in miracles for the rest of this year. Yeah. It's only the first Sunday. And even more and greater as we proceed through 2024. You know, I want you to declare these things over your life because... We can close the door now in 2023. We can physically, mentally, however you want to do it, literally close the door. You might have had the worst year you've ever had in 2023, and now is a great opportunity for a new beginning. And I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions, because most of you have broken those already. Uh, we're seven days in. But I'm talking about a mindset shift. I want you to declare these things. This, this, is, going to, this is getting recorded. It'll be on our website, and you can get it later as well. No longer do I have to be a victim of my circumstances. You can start declaring these things over your life and over this life. No longer do I. I must taste it. No longer do I have to believe in fate and whatever will be will be. No longer do I have to put up with this fly eating me. No longer do I have to live life at a low level of existence. You put yourself there. You don't have to be there. No longer do I have to cave into the pressures of life. You can declare these things over your life for 2024. No longer do I have to allow others to dictate the outcome of my life. People have been saying stuff at you and flinging stuff at you and putting you down. You don't have to accept their words. 
Our God is greater. We sung it this morning. How great is our God. He's the name above every name. How about we let his words rise to the surface and then the words that the world brings against us, whether it's people, whether it's family, whether it's whoever, can just melt away because God's word is the most significant word in my life. You can declare that over your life this year. You watch how it changes you. No longer do I have to believe small, live small and think small. People have put you in that small box and you can break out of that thing and believe for even greater and more this year. No longer do I have to settle for what has been. No longer, uh, no, I can believe what will be. We don't have to settle for how, well, it's always been like that. My family's always done that. No, it's time for change. Yeah. Believe for even greater and more this year and it will come. Yes. But you've got to have the faith in God that he's going to do it. God is a God of miracles and his miracle working power is working in you and in me. Let me ask you a question. If it takes faith to access the miracles of God, how do I get faith and grow in faith? That's what some of you are asking now. Some of you have been Christians since the days of Noah. You know more than me, and that's, that's wonderful. But maybe just incline your ear a little bit and, and look for a fresh revelation today about how you can grow your faith. So it's about how and where you position yourself. That's how you can grow in faith. The Bible teaches us that iron sharpens iron. But you know the opposite is true. If you hang around a crowd of people who are depressed and negative and defeated, you will become that. What are you surrounding yourself with? Some of you need to say goodbye to some friends this year, in a nice way. I'm not saying to be mean and cut them off, but some of you need to just prioritise where you spend your time better. Um, I think Steve's been saying, I know he said it, I think last Sunday here, about clear to hear. Did you say it in church? Okay, cool. We'll say it now. Let me, let me find it. I can read it, can't I? I'll share it with our, share it with our ministry team. We have like a chat thing. So let me just find it. Because I love it. And I think this is going to be a key to you guys experiencing even more and greater this year. So let me find it. Let's back a little bit, back a little bit. Okay. I hope I can just read it for word for word. We'll find out. Yeah. If I say anything inappropriate, just forget I said <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I just thought I'd share what the Lord's been saying to Fred and I over the past few weeks, and maybe it could be for you too. Well, I think it's for our whole church. We felt led to just get rid of old habits that just weren't fruitful for the kingdom. Not necessarily bad, just not fruitful. It's a good time of year to just start afresh. Don't want to call it a New Year's resolution because there seems to always be a stigma on those things but after a few days they seem to get forgotten, so true. What I'm feeling is a lifestyle change with purpose. The word I heard was clear to hear. Declutter our lives to hear him more clearly. We've all seen that God is moving more than ever lately and I believe he's wanting his people to seek him more. I guess the question for each of us is that, what are, is what are we willing to let go of and die to in order for his word to become fruitful in our lives? What a good challenge. If our lives are full of social media or TV or things of the world, then he has no space to say anything, let alone for us to be able to hear him. This is not a correctional word. So don't, some of you have just felt condemned. Don't feel condemned. This is not a correctional word, but it's an invitation. It's an invitation for 2024. There is more for us. More. <laughs> there is more for us. What are you willing to do to take hold of it? 
Food for thought, I hope you're encouraged by this. Bless you guys and have a great day. <laughs> That's nothing out <laughs> What an encouragement though. You've got the opportunity to make a few adjustments in your life. I know we were, we've been doing it since we got home. We got home on Wednesday from being with family and it's been chucking out DVDs and stuff that we've watched in the past and we're entertained by, but now we wouldn't even entertain the thought of watching. Yeah. And we're like, we don't want this in our house. We've just been binning DVDs, chucking stuff out, just getting rid of stuff. What can you do to position yourself to be clear to hear in 2024? A few other things you can do, and I'm going to come to a close. Come to Jesus just as you are and invite him into your life. Don't feel like you've got to get yourself perfect or get everything sorted out before you can do this. You can increase in faith right now if you choose to. Amen. You don't have to get the haircut, remove the tattoos, dress right. None of that matters. None of that matters. You know what matters is your heart. Your heart matters. And if you have a heart that's willing today, and you want to have the increase in the gift of faith, in just a moment I'm going to pray for you. And I don't care who you are, I don't care even if you made a mistake this morning. You can come and the gift of faith can be increased in your life. Just as it was in old mate Bethesda, who, who didn't want to come and get in. He had all the excuses. He had all the reasons why he couldn't get his healing. And God still, through his son Jesus, did a miracle. Jesus can do a miracle in you today no matter where you're at. So come to him as you are. When you become born again, you're given a measure of faith because you believe in Jesus. Have a desire for that measure of faith to increase and grow. You're given a divine nature by God when he transforms you from the inside out and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you and it's ready to be activated. And man, when the Holy Spirit is activated in you, woo, look out. Here's another little tip. Many of you do this already, but reading, listening, and memorizing the Bible increases faith. I'm not telling you you've got to lock yourself in your closet for four hours every day and read the Word, because you'll do it, you'll start out doing it, and you'll do it for five minutes and you'll be checking your notifications on your phone or getting distracted on it. You've got to build into it, okay? Now, if you're someone who doesn't read the Word of God regularly, don't be condemned right now. But why don't you just go, you know what? I'm going to read. version has an awesome app that you can download free on your phone and it gives you a verse of the day. If that's where you start, read the verse of the day and usually there might be a little devotional with it as well. And read that and then build from there. Before you know it, you'll be reading books of the Bible and full verses, sections. But, but start small and grow it. It's the same as everyone said they were going to lose weight in 2024. And then you starve yourself for three days, and then you're hungry, and you eat, and then you put it all back on, and then some. You've got to do it little by little, little change by little change for the big change to come, okay? Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Faith is maintained, and it grows in the right environment. So get connected into a church that is the right environment for you. Again, I'm aware there's people here from your church today, and if that's your home church, that's brilliant. Stay connected there, so in. If vineyard is your home, get connected, sow in, and, and get yourself in the right environment. And God's going to move in power in your life if you stay in the place where God is at and He's moving and doing great things. So be faithful to a weekend service. Don't be that family that comes once a month. I mean, and then straight away someone just felt condemned. But, but come every Sunday. 
Because God's doing unique things every week. I don't know about you. I'm the pastor. And you go, you're the pastor. You're always there anyway. That was my trick voice again. Um, <laughs> you're always there. But <laughs> you're paid by the church. You're meant to be. But I'm telling you, if I wasn't a pastor and I was a congregation member, I wouldn't want to miss a Sunday's thing. When I grew up and I first became a Christian, I was. it was different back then. We're talking 30 years ago. I was on... Um, at church Sunday morning and Sunday night, and then I was at Bible college three days a week. I was at worship band practice one night. I was at youth one night. I was in a small group one night. I was in outreach services on a Saturday night. There goes my week. But I loved it. It was so cool. And, and I was in the right environment to see God move in my life. Now, I know the world's different now, and there's more demands, and there's stuff on, and whatever. But commit to what you can, and the weekend service for Sunday, just come. Because when you're not here, it's like the pinky's missing, or the, the big toe's missing, or, or maybe the mouth's missing, I don't know. So we're, we're a body. Yes. And when you're not here, it, it's noticeable. But when you're here, man, God just moves. It's awesome. So be faithful to a weekend service. Be faithful to a small group. Get around people during the week, whatever that looks like for you. Find a place to serve in the house of God. There's no better way to make sure you stay connected than you're on a roster. You've got to be there. Uh, but not just that. When you serve on a team, you mix and mingle with the team. And it's cool because you rub off on each other and God moves and does powerful things through ministry. Here's another one, and I'm, I'm nearly done. I know we've gone a little longer today, but uh, the roast will be fine if you don't. Uh, spend time emailing God, and you're like, well, what? <laughs> How do we email God? Can't I just text him? That's easier. Uh, but prayer is spiritual email. Prayer is spiritual email. And you know what? It never gets bounced. How many of you send emails and it bounces back because you've got one thing wrong in the email address and then you've got to send it again? Well, I'm telling you, your prayers don't get bounced like email. God hears your heart. And so communicate with him. And as you do, as you pray to God, and these things might sound simple, but it'll increase your faith. Because you'll pray stuff, it'll happen, you go, oh, God heard me. He did something. How good's that? And then you've got to tell 10 people. And that's the biggest multi-level marketing campaign ever because those 10 people tell 10 people. And then before you know it, it's people saved. And it's not multi-level marketing. Okay, everyone relax. But that's what I'm trying to say. Your faith will build when you pray and God does something. So he's listening. Wow. Amazing. Jesus taught his disciples to pray every day. And the Bible tells us to stay in an attitude of prayer. So literally as you're working, walking through your day, who knows that person at all? Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for this. They're just staying in an attitude of prayer. They're not weird and quirky, um, that we think sometimes, but they're just staying in an attitude of prayer, communicating with the Lord as they go about their daily business. Faith is the foundation of our life. It, it allows us to flow into another realm. It fuses our life with God and, and pleases God, and, and, and we can grow in faith by doing all those things that I just shared. I'm believing for um, let's click it work. even more and greater in 2024. But you know what it's going to take? It's going to take the body of Christ to increase the measure of faith that they have. If we can just do that, the Bible says all you need is faith like a mustard seed. If we can increase our faith, man, God is going to move in a may. You thought last year was good. I love what I said at the start. I loved how God was moving and people were getting healed and, and it's happening in church and Bible study group and, and other places in the town, wherever we go, over the phone. There were some healings over the phone. 
God's amazing that I'm just believing for even more and greater in 2024. And if you want to see God move in power through your life, maybe through your family, maybe through your household or whatever it looks like, your friends, and you're hungry for like an increase in the measure of faith that God has gifted you, would you stand to your feet and I'm going to pray for you as we come to the close this morning. If you want even more, if you want that faith gift to increase, for God to move in power, Marion was the first one, I forgot you, come on. <laughs> Just stand to your feet. And, uh, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to believe for God to move in power. Just close your eyes and put your hands out in front of you like this. Uh, see how I've got my hands first, so it's funny. Close your eyes and pretend you see me. No. Put your hands out like you want to receive, because this is what God wants to do. Everyone under the sound of my voice is about to receive an increase in the gift of the measure of faith. And you are going to see, I don't know what your 2023 was like, but you are going to see such a turnaround. I'm prophesying it. You're going to see such a turnaround. There's not going to be a repeat of 2023. This is a new year. This is a new day. This is the day the Lord has made. We are going to rejoice and be glad in it. We are going to rejoice. We're not going to walk around like depressed and disappointed and sad, disillusioned people. But we're going to rejoice. Amen? Amen. Let's get a spring in our step because the measure of faith is about to increase in your hearts. And God is going to move in power and do amazing things in your family, in your life, in your situation, in Jesus' name. So, Father God, I pray for everyone standing, their hands out. They want to receive from you. God, I can't make you give anything, but what I can do is pray and trust that you are about to pour out by the power of your Holy Spirit such an immense and incredible gift of faith to the people present here today so that we can believe and receive even greater and more for this year, not just for this church, but for every church in Stanthorpe, for every family, for every person, so that they would know that there's a God in heaven that loves us, that he's not a big boss moving us around like chess pieces, but he's a loving heavenly father that wants to pour out such blessing and favor on his people. God, let your evidence of your love be on display as we trust you for an increase in the gift of faith on every single person under the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, come and touch every person and increase their faith. They may have walked into the place a little bit sad, a little bit distraught, maybe unsure about what's ahead. But God, today we choose to leave rejoicing. This is the day you've made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it, we receive an increase in the gift of the measure of faith so that we can see you move in power in Jesus' name. That healing would come in Jesus' name. That provision would come, financial provision, healing provision, relationships restored. That family member we thought we'd never connect with again, relationships restored, prodigals coming home. Lord, whatever it is, Whatever people are believing for, increase our faith in you, Lord, that you would bring a solution and resolution to every situation and every problem because you are the name above every name. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. 
And how great are you, Lord? We've sung it today. So we declare your goodness and your mercy over every family and over every person as we rejoice into 2024 and believe for you to move in power. In Jesus' name. And the church of Jesus Christ said, Amen. Amen. Because you dare to believe and have faith. Amen. Amen.